Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! Oh, boy. Here we are, boys. Another Wednesday. I've been working on it. Folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is your host, Jason Lombrake. I'm here, of course, with Nathan Jewell and Pastor Rick Rieger. And we have a packed show for you today. We got Would You Rather, Bible Trivia, Songs of the Week. The topic of today is false teaching and our new segment, News with Nate. Lovely. This should be interesting. Yes. So, how was your week, gentlemen? Man, busy, but good. Busy, but good. Busy, but good. You know, it, it was, uh, I, I, you know, in fact, I was telling you about this earlier. Um, really cool thing happened yesterday. You know, I, I work a lot of hours, and I decided it's just time to slow down. You know, we got to do that once in a while, right? Just For slow sure. down. And I realized that, you know, I've always got something going on. Always got something in my head, music, you know, podcast, something, whatever. And so I totally put my phone away, to went outside and just painted the outside of my home, my trim. I, and I spent, it was like a retreat, two hours of prayer, meditation, and painting. Nice. <laughs> and I feel a lot better today. That's good. Thanks for asking. It's good to <laughs> get out the frustrations and pinned up feelings. and Well, not to mention the fact that it was like, I don't know, it, it maybe 67 degrees or something with a nice cool breeze. Just felt amazing. This is perfect. Could have slept out there last night. <laughs> Almost did on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I slept outside. Well, I spent most of my time uh, over over the last couple of days uh, just doing work and staying busy there. So, been really quiet and peaceful until today. So, today was not quiet and peaceful. Well, I mean, given everything that's going on in the world around us, right? Well, we dodged a bullet. The verdict is out, and yeah. they found. Uh, the cop, whatever his name is, Chavez. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Derek Chauvin or Chauvin. whatever it is, yeah. Guilty on all charges, unanimous, unanimous decision. And, I mean, they were ready just to burn down America if it went the other way, so. It'll be interesting to see if they still burn it down. It, I mean, you know, celebration. I mean, the Buckeye fans burn down Columbus every time we win or lose, so who knows. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> good, good point. point. <laughs> And you can't get all those people together in one space and expect everything to go smoothly. It's a powder keg. It really it is. is. It really is. Although it did seem like, you know, just uh, from the little bit that I listened, it seemed like most people seem to agree with it, be happy. At least the ones on, you know, the air. I don't know that. I don't know if they're a good cross section of the whole population, but they seem to be happy, and right. there seemed to be relative peace. So, right. Well. I think jurors have learned from experience. I mean, the Rodney King trial, it took, um, what, four weeks to come to a decision, and when they did, it was the wrong one, and L.A. paid for it. And then O.J. Simpson's trial, they it took them four hours. I don't even think it took these guys four minutes. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they came uh, back real they made, quick. 
a, a right decision because it would have been a problem if they didn't. Based on I history. don't envy anybody on that jury. Oh no, because if if you had been the one person who would have stood up and said, "I'm not going to vote for this. I don't believe it." The media would have excoriated you and painted a target on your back and all the violence would have run run right into your family and right into your front door. I don't blame them one little bit. See, now, without saying that I have any opinion that's opposite, I I do. That does make me nervous, though, you know, because obviously, you know, we want justice. That's the key. And and the jury, there's a lot on the jury. You know, that the pressure is on them uh, to be just. I mean, you know, I, and they had all kinds of other pressure that, you know, potentially could have clouded things. And so I'm hoping that it did not. Um, I, I think it's impossible not to. I mean, in the back of their minds, there is this constant, if we find him innocent, many people will die. Yeah. So it's either yeah, that's- send this cop to jail. He's basically a sacrificial lamb under that perspective. Right, exactly. So we may never, I guess, may never know the real, the real truth. But you know, our, our position should always be, you know, uh, our biblical position should always be justice. You know, it doesn't matter black, white, green, red, pink. You know, right. man, woman, Christian, non-Christian. It's got to be about you know justice. And uh, certainly, I, I pray that justice was, uh, you know, upheld today. For sure. And truth be told, him doing what he did for as long as he did, kneeling on his neck for that long, was completely unnecessary. You had him you had him down, you had him controlled, put him in cuffs, put him in the cruiser, take him to jail, do your job. It's not a show. All those people there, you know, he didn't need to do that for that long. If you can't control the guy, throw some tasers in him. And get hold of the situation. There's what? There's four cops there? How much of the trial have you watched? Um, Very little. Okay. And keep that in mind. Why? Because there's actually a lot that, that goes on it from both sides. Oh, I, I get that. <laughs> but I'm also, uh, I also have my own, what's the word? Okay. Perspective. Perspective. And I don't need a trial to twist my perspective i know look i saw the video they had him under control and for nine minutes he had him his knee on his neck perfect opportunity for another guy to roll up put him in his cuffs get him in the car get him in the car right there's no excuse for that i agree i don't care what the juror trial said there's no excuse for that the optics of it were certainly terrible yeah, well, and honestly, I think uh, we were talking about this earlier. I, I honestly think, and again, it's it's still uh, you know the the buck stops you know at the cop, the police officer. But you know, I, I really think that the crowd that was around him taking those pictures kind of egged him on and made him take his time. Which you know, I, I know that sounds weird, but it just it, when I was watching the video, I'm just like, you know what? Just get on with it. Do what you need to do. Right. Stop pay, paying attention to the people with the cameras. Right. And, you know, but it, he did it to himself. I mean, cameras, people. It doesn't matter the situation. You're a professional. Right. Do your job. Got to do just it. Just remember that when it comes to cameras, it's very easy to cut at certain times to make you see something that may not exactly be the truth. 
That's very easy that to do. That is true. The media does it all the time. Well, I agree. And especially with the media we have today, it's very... <sighs> There's certainly a lack of righteousness. Of, yeah, it certainly there. is. Yeah. So. It's very it's very twisted and bent to one agenda. So, Well, you know, uh, the... The edict we're given in, in God's word is simply to, uh, you know, promote peace. <laughs> and that's really all we can do at this point, you know, just promote peace. There's actually that's, the First Timothy 2, 2. You know, it says, pray for kings and for everyone who has authority so that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and dignity. There you go. And exactly. I got to tell you, we've not been in times recently where we could live, lead quiet lives. Right. And there seems to be... Uh, a motivation, particularly in the media, to do everything they can to disrupt to our stir lives it up and right. stir up the pot, you know exactly. And uh, you, you can see the enemy behind that. Yeah, and you, 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 I mean, you can't even have an opinion anymore because freedom of speech has been dampened. So we got a big show tonight. So <laughs> I think I think what <laughs> would you rather? Okay. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Would you rather? Um, would you rather be carried to heaven in a chariot of fire, or have God add fifteen years to your life? Hmm. Hmm. You know, at it, it first that seems like a really easy question, but once you give it some thought, hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Pastor Rick, you go first. Which one you picking? Well, you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Obviously, you know, if we love our life more than being in God's presence, <laughs> that's wrong. And so the first part of me, you know, the, my first gut was like, boy, yeah, skip death, go right to heaven. Like right now, that's fine. You know, my kids will catch me soon. My wife will catch me soon. It'll be like a blink of an eye, right? But then I start thinking, you know what? There's still a lot of people out there that don't know Jesus. And I just don't know that I have done enough. I just know there's more work to do. And I know that I'm going to get to heaven eventually. So for that reason, I would take the extra years to do the work. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Jason? Didn't that just like stab you right in the heart, the way he put that? Yeah. <laughs> what? Did I miss something? <laughs> did I just miss? I think I did. No, I, no, you you definitely answered like a pastor. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, so you stayed sure. you stayed on a target and on topic. So I'll give you that. Well, I don't know. I think I know a lot of pastors who'd have probably said, "Oh my goodness, yeah, I would definitely want to go to heaven because you know, like Paul, he says, uh, you know, I I I wrestle with the idea: do I want to you know go to heaven now and is or it do now? I wait? Is it now? Like, put me on the chariot today." Or add 15 years to the end of when I normally would die. Or am I 85 years old and he can say, I can take you now or I can give you 15 more years? Yeah, I guess your your perspective of your current age does matter there a little bit. Right. If I'm 85, take me. I don't know. I don't want 15 if more years. If he gives years. me 15 more years, I'll still I don't want Jesus. to be 100 years old. Oh, I don't either. I don't want to be 85 <laughs> either. <laughs> I agree. 65 max. But you know what? You know what? I will, I, you know, I'll take those years and I'll use them for good. In fact, I, I really owe it to my grandmother. I used to give her a hard time. 
uh, when she was alive, she's like, you know, I don't know if I want to, you know, I can't get involved in ministry. I can't do anything because, uh, you know, I'm too old. And I'm like, okay, first of all, are you in a grave right now? Are you, are you under the ground right now? No. Okay, then great. Then God can use you to do something. It might not be the same thing as me. It might not be the same as some, you know, young pup. But until you stop breathing, God can you to do something. So, yeah, I, I'd still take the time. All right. And you? So, you, you wrote I mean, the things I don't there, even know too. If I you really didn't it. even give an answer. I didn't give an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking the rules. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You didn't. So, um, <laughs> I'll take the chariot. Okay. One for the chariot, one for the extra life. Who will be the tiebreaker? So my initial thought, my fleshly reaction was, get me out of here, Lord. Right. I, I've, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of falling into that crowd of people who are who are starting to rush the rapture. <laughs> like, bring it on, Lord, let's get out of here. But that's my flesh speaking. And it's true. And I want to just say, I've heard you say this many times. So for those listeners, he's not he's not pulling your leg. It's 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 true. Sometimes I'm like, you know, come on now, don't be so quick <laughs> right? <laughs> to talk like that. So yes, he's, he's being honest. Yeah. So the, um, but, but at the same time, you know, with the way things are and, and you, you just see the spiral, it's almost like water going down a drain. You can just kind of see all this stuff going on around us. Why wouldn't you get out of here? But that's my flesh talking. You know, Pastor Rick brings up a really good point. Do we live for ourselves or do we live for for God and what he calls us to do. And if we're living for what God and what he calls us to do, mm. take the 15 and you've got 15 more years. You do a little bit more work and maybe get a few more souls into the heaven. Absolutely. Right. See, I'm, I'm totally on the fence here. Okay. <laughs> I can see smoke uh, I literally know. coming from it's... under your headphones right now. <laughs> All right. A couple years ago. I mean, I can't even do that either. Okay. I don't think we have 15 years. <laughs> I kind of want to experience the rapture. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty amazing. So, well, so if he grants you 15 more years and you don't get it because of the rapture, then that wouldn't really be 50 years, 15 years. Right. So I'm going to say our ruling on this would have to be you get the 15 years. <laughs> Unless there's a rapture. Well, I wasn't going to say that, oh. but <laughs> or, or you can say that you're you're if you get your 15 years, he's pushing the rapture back a few and more years, and then it would happen at the end of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think we get to pick that. <laughs> yeah, no one know. knows that. I'll pray about it. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. We'll talk about this next week. All right, next one. Would you rather watch Lazarus be raised from the dead? Or eat with Jesus at the Last Supper. Hmm. Well, I went first last time, so I'm not going. I, I right. guess I, technically I should go first on this go one, then, right? Watch Lazarus be raised from the dead, or eat with Christ at the Last Supper. You know that? I think I'm going to go with Lazarus. Number one, you're you're helping somebody else do something. You're right? watching. You're, help well, you're, else help you're else. watching him help somebody, <laughs> right? And at the same point, that's beyond help. That's beyond help, right? That's like that's, that's like, amazing. That's a miracle. Yeah. And the other side of that is at the Last Supper. It was kind of a down event. You ever gone to a friend's house and had a dinner, and like your friend and his wife started arguing in front of you? Well, that's kind of what I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
thought this was going to be a fun event. Do you ever, you ever go to a dinner party and the host starts washing your feet? <laughs> that would be strange. Um, what about you? I think you're next. Oh, yeah. I, well, if, we, if we go in reverse order. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, the dinner party would be, I mean, the last supper would be pretty neat. And you would be on a really cool painting. <laughs> but I I think. Um, you ever noticed on that painting, it looks like they're arguing over who's going to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of those paintings ever do anything justice. So I think I think they're arguing because it's their last supper and all they get was bread and wine. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair point. I expected steak. <laughs> is this a tough one too for you no i kind of i think i'm going with the last supper okay and what why well it, it was such a significant moment um i mean so many things took place a he uh brought forth to light the person that's going to betray him which is prophetic in and of itself mm-hmm and you got to partake in the first of eating his body and drinking his blood. The first communion. The first communion, which would be pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that would have been really cool to, yeah. to be at the first The very one. first. So, yeah, I'm going with that. Okay. All right, so, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I was... Uh, I was. I made my decision earlier. Uh, there's a part of me that would definitely want to see Lazarus raised from the dead because that's you know pretty awesome. And as you said, Nate, you know somebody's being helped. It's like all good stuff right there. You're seeing the power of God in action. But I would pick the Last Supper, but not necessarily for the same reasons Jason mentioned. I know that uh, you know they only recorded so much stuff in the Bible. He certainly said a lot more. I'd like to know what else he said, because this is like he's mm. pretty serious, and I guarantee you there was some other good nuggets. And so I'd like to go, not to, you know, not a, it's not about, you know, any of the, you know, we already know the stuff that's recorded. Being the first to, you know, take the Lord's Supper, that's great. Have Jesus wash my feet, not interested in that. He doesn't really want to look at my feet anyway. Uh, I would want to go. But he to, said, if you don't allow me to do this, you Well, can't I'm not be saying a- I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't <laughs> like it, but I'd, I'd let him. Um, but no, I just want to, I would want to hear all the other, you know, morsels that happened during that time. Anytime Jesus was teaching, like Sermon on the Mount, I mean, come on, would you want to go there? Yeah, I'd And you know he spoke, you know there was more said than just that little bit that was recorded, so. Oh yeah, think right. of all the times that we hear a, we hear a speech today, like every Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, and how much would you remember if you don't take notes? Right, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they probably weren't taking many notes. Oh, I'm sure not. Well, Matthew might have been. <laughs> He's always that's, got his journal out. That's true. Maybe. But okay, next, uh, be rescued from prison by an angel, or see. Jesus's empty tomb. Um, so by Jason that, goes first these are on tough. this one. Be, be that first. you mean like you're not talking about like us going to like you know Israel now and you know seeing an empty tomb now. You're talking about like being one of the first ones to arrive. Is that where we're I, at? I I'm not sure where they meant by that, but let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's be one go of the with first, that. Like be one of those first first ladies, ones, you know, or to be rescued from prison. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then wasn't it Mary that walked in there first? Yeah, it was the women. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah. So you want to go first this time, Jason? I think it'd be pretty cool to have an angel come rescue me from prison. I mean. Have you ever been to prison? No. I haven't <laughs> even been to jail. Yeah, better thought to throw that out there. <laughs> so that's part of the whole thing. I don't want to go to jail. I mean. <laughs> it's like, get me out of here. And Peter didn't even go. Uh, is, that, is that the moment they're talking about? So uh, are, are you talking fell about? Off yeah. He, he stayed. He just stayed. That might have been one of the moments because there were multiple. There was multiple. Yeah. So and he, uh, he stayed the there because he was afraid. <laughs> I, if I remember the story correctly, he stayed because he was afraid of the jailer being punished for him leaving. Right. Yeah, they just did the honorable thing. That's the way the the walls worked back then. <laughs> right. Right. So taking that into consideration, might as well check out the tomb because I'm not leaving prison anyway. So now there were some there were some stories where Paul and and others were in prison and earthquakes happened. They walked out as free men. Right. So it's not necessarily. Well, here's here's the key. Here's the key. You get what would have been Paul, but it was Paul. But did I say Peter? You did. Accident. You did. I meant to say Paul. Okay. We're we're back at the Peter Paul. We're back thing. at the Peter Paul and, and Mary. And Mary. She's, well, she showed up earlier. Before. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, just keep in mind, we see angels either way. So that's really the key is that's we true. get to see an angel. You either get to see an angel say, dude. He's not here. He's not here. What? Oh, true. <laughs> or it's like, hey, y'all want to leave? You yeah. don't? Oh, well. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Tomb. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for tomb. Yeah. I'm tomb me. Yeah, because that would have been, although I wouldn't have got it because they didn't get it at first. You know, I'm, I just have to assume that I would just took be his body, lost. Right. No one took his body and like took all his clothes off and folded them up nicely and put them on the ground. But that's got to be a pretty, either one would be a faith builder. But, you know, you just saw Christ being crucified. Then you saw him being buried. And now you see an angel saying, uh, you're looking for a live man. That, you know, that's got to send some chills up your spine for right sure. there. I don't think you'd be the same. See, now you guys uh, with the whole Peter-Paul debate have me thinking, because I thought it was Peter that was let out Actually, of the jail. That, that's where I was at. I was thinking it was Peter. and well, It was Peter that was let out of the jail by the by the angel, but it was Paul who did not leave jail okay so both of them was in that situation yeah. so i wasn't wrong. i think we i hope peter, i don't have it backwards well, it's we entirely have peter possible john oh, in acts we have the you know first peter and john were the first two that went in and when they were released that was because of the earthquake right and that is what led to them praying for boldness okay and the other story i can't i vaguely remember but i can't remember who it was so sadly yeah I, and it's entirely possible i've got it backwards it's very easy to get these things confused Especially when you're not looking at it in front of you at the moment. Right. And we might as well segue into the topic with that state of confusion. Cool. I get out of having the answer. Uh, oh, well, listen, I thought, <laughs> go ahead. I thought you did. I would probably take the jail, actually. Okay. I would rather have the, the break out of jail. Break because, out of jail. It's like Monopoly. Well, not, not only that, but it's... <laughs> break out of jail. Imagine, you know, I've, we've talked about this a lot, Pastor Rick, in Bible study, how we're... we're we're on a trajectory to go back toward first century Christianity, which is the church is constantly persecuted. Being uh, associated with Christ could very well cost you your life or your freedom. And under those conditions, we may see a day where if we choose to stand for Christ, where we see the insides of a prison. Very possible. And if that happens, I'll take that get out of jail free card. (laughs) Well, not to mention the fact that that's going to give you some boldness to keep on going. Amen. You get thrown in jail and, uh, 
you know, even if you decide to go out later, hey, at least an angel was there (laughs) to rescue you. Your your faith's only going to go up. For sure. And he was already full of faith as it was. Yeah. Not a wrong answer in either of those. No, it's not a wrong answer. So the topic today is false teachers and not to be confused with false prophets. They speak of them in Deuteronomy 20, Jeremiah 23, 16. But basically, everyday people that are unclear of Scripture, but yet spread the word falsely. Now, false prophets is extremely worse. In Deuteronomy 18, 20, it says, But a false prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in my name of other gods, is to be put to death. In Jeremiah 23, 16, Keep that last one in mind, folks, whenever you hear internet prophecy. Just just keep keep it in mind. Yeah, you internet prophets, you pay close attention. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 16, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. But I'm talking about false teachers, People that are teaching the word, but are confused. Maybe they have they have heard it somewhere, so they're spreading it rather than going to the source and finding out what the truth is, or maybe going to somebody that is way more versed on verses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so James three one through five says, "My brethren." Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. So what version of the Bible are you reading there? New King James version. So yeah, I mean, uh, you get on social media and you see so many people speak in their wisdom air quotes on the people um, speaking scripture and, 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 and their views and, and this and that and the other. And it's completely wrong. And all you're doing is you're using your little tongue to steer the ship and, um, and, and turning people away from what the truth is and causing more confusion and more confusion and more confusion. And that spreads when we need to be speaking the truth and leading people to, the word of God itself so they can read it for themselves, go to a Bible teaching church so they can get the truth from a pastor that has been studying these things for many years. Most of them, their whole entire life have gone to schools that teach them these things and can tell you what the words mean Quit putting yourselves on pedestals and thinking that you should you are authorized to be teaching the word. Thoughts? Well, um, 
I'll just throw a monkey wrench into the whole system here. Uh, one is that, uh, you know, I think uh, there is definitely a difference between a false prophet and a false teacher uh, biblically, but I want to also paint a picture that there's also a very close similarity between the two. Because what is a prophet but a person who is the mouthpiece of God? An Old Testament prophet was basically the mouthpiece of God. And so when God shared information to you know the masses, it came through a prophet. And a person who teaches the word is teaching the truth from God, who is also speaking for God in a way. You know, we as Christians, as Christ followers, I'm going to put it that way, um, we as Christ followers have the responsibility to speak for God. We do. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are speaking for Christ. I agree. And in either case, we have to be very careful to actually speak the truth and what God is really wanting to share. And, and it's so easy to be a false prophet. I mean, you can also be easily found out because, you know, typically false prophets talked about the future because that's what often God was talking about. That's where the word prophecy comes from. And so they would give prophecies that didn't happen and okay, so they're wrong. They, you know, Take but, them out behind a woodshed and stone them to death. There you go. <laughs> but at the same token, when you're giving a prophecy, you know, hey, just sound convincing and, you know, people can take it hook, line, and sinker. Right. And I've seen people do that in modern day. I've seen people, you know, just, uh, they're just constantly just, they just on the spot, make up stuff, call it a prophecy. I, I knew a guy that actually walked around with a recorder and uh, it, this is back in the days of uh, cassette tapes. Now, audience, uh, you know, people that are listeners, uh, you know, if you don't know what a cassette tape, you may have to get online and see what, the, <laughs> <laughs> what that is. But, you know, roughly 60 to 90 minutes of uh, information on most of those. And he would, he would put a cassette in there and he would just say something, you know, no matter who you were. And I'll be honest, I didn't see a lot of that stuff actually panning out. So, you know, definitely seemed like a false prophet. But at the time... You know, he, t he speaks with such confidence, you're like, huh, maybe I ought to consider that. And it's really easy to speak for God, and we got to be careful to do that. And in the same way, it's easy to teach something that's not true. But in both cases, we have the responsibility to be humble before God and really seek Him and make sure that we're given the truth and that we're giving His truth, not just something that we're manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And I'll also throw a monkey wrench in there. I don't even know that it has to be someone, you know, people spend years and years studying only to be wrong. You know, I mean, I've seen a lot of pastors who've taken, to me, taken things to an nth degree of incorrectness and have studied all their life to do it. Um, I don't know that it's always about that. It's really about being connected with, you know, God through the Holy Spirit and having a genuine connection. That's really the difference. Because I've seen people that are relatively young Christians that are, you know, Christ followers who are getting it right, just bam, bam, they're getting it. And they're what they say is very biblical. They're they're accurate. And then I've seen people that have, you know, walked with Christ supposedly, and I use my air quotes now, for years. And, you know, and have studied and gone to school and they're still getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's all about a genuine connection. Right. It doesn't matter what how much you know about the Bible. You can know the whole entire Bible by heart, which would be quite a feat. But if that relationship with God isn't there, it doesn't matter. It's like reading somebody else's mail. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> um. Yeah, 
exactly. <laughs> you can, you can read. Where your, do you go from there? You can, where do you go? You can read. You're your, just imagining now. What mail would I be reading and confused about? Read, you can read all your neighbors' neighbors' mail, but it doesn't mean you know them. Actually, when he said that, I was thinking, what was mail again? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't literally gone to my mailbox in years. I don't even. I, I assume we still have one. My wife is like the getter of the mail. Oh, and she does put it, you know, down in front of me. And ninety nine percent of the time, I throw it directly in the trash because if it's a bill, I've already seen it and paid it because right. everything's online. online. I don't even know why they send me this stuff. Right. But, you know, and all the other stuff is just ads or stupidity. So it goes in the trash because I don't need it to waste my time. Right. I got I cleaned out my mailbox. I have a P.O. box that I use. And I stopped by yesterday. I check it once a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. It gets pretty full. And it was like, nope, nope, nope. Oh, a check. Cool. Nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Squirrel. Anyway. <laughs> uh, prophecy. Let me just tune in on that a little bit. I mentioned this to you before. Um, a prophet isn't a prophet until his prophecy comes true. He's just a BSer. <laughs> uh, I, don't if know. I, if I, I don't know if I can go uh, that far. Well, listen, listen. I see what if, you're saying. If a but... prophet says, okay, this is going to happen, and then it does happen, now he's a prophet. Well, if he was a prophet when he first said it, then too. Right. The first time he says it. Okay. The first prophecy is, say, Isaiah. Okay. Quite a prophecy he came up with. <laughs> he prophesied the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, that's just the point. He didn't come up with it, and that's what makes him a prophet. Right. God told him. <laughs> yeah, God exactly. God told him. Right. About the birth of Jesus Christ, and it took 500 years before that came true. Am I right? Am I getting my numbers right? Because I, I don't, don't want to be the have... false teacher here. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the fact is, the is that it happened me. after his life was over, and he was still a prophet when he said it. Yeah. The fact is, he was just a, you know, he was uh, uh, justified, you know, he was uh, proven to be a prophet, I guess is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. I mean, anybody can give a prophecy and say it's a prophecy, but true prophets, obviously, if, if the information comes from God, it is going to come true, period. Right. But we don't know it was given from God until their prophecy comes true. That's true. So how would you know a false prophet from a true prophet? It seems like we've talked about this. Before. We have and probably will again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's coming an epidemic. Full <laughs> so how do you know? How do you know a, a true prophet from a false prophet? I guess you wait. Well, I don't know that. Uh, so let me throw you a uh, let me throw you a curveball here. Okay, I know where you're headed. So I, there are prophecies even in the Book of Isaiah that have not yet come true. Is he fake? Well, Is he no. a bad prophet? Well, no, he's not fake because other prophecies have come true. And Daniel prophesied the end of times, and it's coming, and we see the signs. Well, and let's take it a step further. Those prophets, just because they were given a prophecy that was in the future. They also said a lot of other things about the current nation and, and giving them, because, you know, remember the prophet is a voice, uh, a spokesman for God. He's the voice piece of God. And so God was speaking through him to, you know, the people of Israel at the time, primarily. And as he's talking to them, you know, as the, those prophets were, as yeah, let me try that again. As God was speaking through the prophets, they weren't just giving prophecies about the future. They were also telling them what to do then. So how do you know if you got to wait for his prophecy, do you just ignore everything he says about what to do today until the prophecy is proven? 
See, I think there's got to be another way. I think. Let me just throw this out there. I think when you have somebody like them that shows great fruit. Ah, see, now that I think we're getting to the core of it here. Right. Grape, grapefruits? Grape, Grape, not grapefruit. Not grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> when you have somebody that is as fruitful as Isaiah and as, as Daniel and, and many others, you take their word for it because their faith is so strong and what they do is so great as far as living by the word of God on an everyday scale. I mean, this every day, um, you trust them. Right. Well, Jesus himself said, he said, you know, you can tell a tree by its fruit. Right. A, ba- a good tree produces good fruit. Bad tree produces bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. So all we can do is really look at the fruit of the person. Um, and that tells us if they are living a godly life, if they are, you know, living according to scripture, if they are producing good fruit, then you're more likely to trust them. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, and, and again, there's there's a whole, you know, the whole issue of spiritual discernment, which is, you know, that's a whole other thing, um, which we, you know, God gives us. He gives us discernment. We can tell. Uh, we can obviously, um, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, the spirit gives us a discernment to say, hey, is this from God? Is this from Satan? Is this from self? Is this, just a, you know, mm-hmm. just the flesh speaking? So that spirit of discernment we can use, even if we don't have a gift of discernment, we still have discernment. We manifest all the gifts. We just might be, not be able to do it to the extent of someone else. Um, and then, you know, besides that discernment, we look, we test it against scripture is what this guy's saying against scripture. You know, we got, we have, you know, false teachers and false prophets today. And you look at some of their teaching and you can, you, you, uh, you know, look at it and compare it to the word of God and they're not teaching the word. Therefore you can rule out anything they're saying Mm -hmm. if, you know, uh, but if the person has good fruit, if it's uh, in their life, if you have that discerning spirit that says it's from God and if it doesn't line up or if it does rather line up with the word of God, then you can be confident. Right. And also, I mean, keep this in mind because one of the end time signs is uh, there will be many false teachers and false prophets. So, so much so that even the elect might be dissuaded. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That means you need to well, know your Bible backwards and forwards. And there you said a mouthful right there. He did. To make sure that you are not thrown off by false teaching, um, false prophets, or anything like that. Because Satan is smarter than you. Him and his minions, they know that if they show up looking like demons, you're going to run away. Mm-hmm. So they're going to show up in nice outfits. They're going to look pretty. They're going to look attractive. Things that they want you to do are going to be fun. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Wolves in sheep's clothing. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's just how the nature of evil is. You know, you you mentioned about false teachings. Well, one of them is, you know, how many times do you hear follow your heart in today's in, in today's modern parlance, you know, you've, you've got Jeremiah 17, nine that says the heart is deceitful above all things and is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? All right. Follow your heart is bad teaching. 
And if you hear it in the church, you got to stop and think, something's wrong. <laughs> I had actually brought a guy on to the staff in a young church plant that I was in. And, uh, and I started to realize, wait a minute, this isn't the guy. I don't know that he's in a position. I think he's in over his head. I'm not sure he's quite there yet. And then he ends up resigning. And he said, well, as you always teach us, Pastor Rick, we should always follow our heart. I'm like, when have I taught that? <laughs> That's exactly the opposite. You follow the spirit of God, not our own wicked hearts. <laughs> right. Uh, you said a mouthful, though. I, you know, again, I want to put a shout out there for, uh, you know, for the fact that we do, you know, we don't want to just run away from all pastors. I think that there's a danger, you know, when we of doing going to extremes in either way, because God does use pastors and teachers. The Bible says that God has given us the gift of the apostles, the pastors, and the teachers to make sure that the church is fully equipped and growing, and and to train and equip people for ministry. So it is important to listen to pastors, but at the same time, we got to number one have discernment. We've got to judge their fruit. We got to make sure we're following you know a pastor that. Um, is teaching correctly, but at the same token, I think we check everything he says anyway against yeah. scripture, and we don't have an, we have no excuses. You know, after Gutenberg, Bibles were available to just about everybody, and now it's even more ridiculous because if you have a smartphone, you have a free Bible, and, and you have true. it with you all the time. Not to mention, you have easy access to check what people are saying to you. Right. I mean, you can Google, and they say, I don't know, give me something. <laughs> No idea where you're going with this. They can say <laughs> they can say anything, and you can say, "Okay, Bible verse," and this is in Google search, Bible verse, blah 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 blah, and see what comes up. Well, you are right about that. As a matter of fact, I tell people all the time at the church. I say, you know, I'm going to give you my big secret. Google, you know, is my is your friend. It used to be that you have to, you know, you you'd have to literally know your Bible forward and backwards, or you'd have to just page through until you find something. Right. Then you had the online Bibles, but then it was sometimes tough to find, you know, particular scriptures, especially if you grew up using different translations. Mm -hmm. So you sometimes mix those translations up and you put them together, you know, and you start putting thou's and these with new translations, and then you can't find it because it's got to be word, you know, it's got to be exact verbiage. Well, now with Google, you can just say, Bible verse on, you know, what does the Bible say about? You can ask those kind of questions. Yeah. And is now granted, I wouldn't just take what Google said. You know, you might yeah. go to site with, well, with somebody giving wrong site. information. It gives you a site. But they typically go to scripture. Right. And so you can look at that scripture, which is really cool. So you don't even have to know the Bible. Google will take you to the right scripture. It's pretty amazing. And study. I did, I used it today. I, I Googled false teachers, Bible verse. And it brought it gave me like ten verses talking about it. There right? you go. And then you study the word. Then I studied the word exactly. To as long as it brings you back to the Bible, right? And that's not just somebody's important. commentary, right? Yeah. That's another thing. Do 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 the Google search for your Bible verse, and then once you get the verse, open up your Bible so you can look at the context. You can look at the verses before it. You can look at the verses after it because without the context that surrounds these verses. Is this going to get you more lost? Right, and I will. I will go as far as to say, as even as a pastor, uh, you know, as long as you are careful, you can still look at some of the commentary uh, because sometimes it gives you some insight. As long as it ends in scripture, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If the so, commentary, if, if the commentary or the 
or the footnotes ever contradict what you see in the Bible, the Bible wins. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But the, the, the commentary is something that we did not have available, you know, many years ago. Now we have it. There's nothing wrong with it. It can't trump scripture. That's the key. It always has to, uh, you know, scripture has to be the final word or you're going to, or you're going to get thrown off. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting to know all these things and, and the, the history and, and everything. And, um, but at the end of the day, the most important part of the whole entire book is the gospels. Because that's what's going to that's what's going to bring you salvation and everlasting life at the end. That is absolutely true. So what is it? Second Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is inspired by God, mm-hmm. useful to teach us what is right. Uh, you know, corrects us when we're wrong and helps us to be ready. You know, in all ways. Basically, yeah. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not a memorizer. I'm a memorizer of prim- principles, not words. But yeah. Uh, Definitely get in scripture when you get, I mean, literally the Bible has information about just, just every area of our life. I I have yet, and you know, and I have a counseling background. So, you know, I, people have come to me with all kinds of issues, all kinds of issues. And in every case, the Bible has truth that can be applied to those principles or to those issues. It's literally the handbook of life. It's literally the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, but I'm, all right. Uh, what's next, Jason? What's next? Well, should we play a game or go into the news? Ooh, I, th- I feel some news. I think we should do the news, too. Ooh. Okay, I guess I'm on, then. I guess you're news on. News okay. with me. You've probably heard of the Gallup Association. They do a whole bunch of different polls. And for 80 years, they have been polling. um, Let's see here. They have been polling how many people are going to church. And according to the results that came out on March 29th, for the first time in American history, there is less than 50% of people that are members and belong to a local church. Sad face. Sad face indeed. Um, now, there's a whole number of factors that go into this. Uh, we used to teach theology in schools. Um, when God was removed from schools, it's only a matter of time. This is a natural consequence. That is how I first heard about Jesus. Pastor Jones came into my school, Whetstone Elementary School in Cyrus, Ohio. <laughs> and he taught me about Jesus with his little felt friends. And now all of those people who, who who hate Christ will now target and will not allow people like pastors into the schools. Mm, sad. Oh, and the people that hate Christ is growing every day. And it's so one feeds the other, essentially. Right. But there are some very interesting observations that can be read from this article. So um, I'm on news.gallup.com. You can pull up the information here. The title of the article is U.S. Church Membership Falls Below Majority for First Time. So, in 2020, 47% of U.S. adults belong to a church, synagogue, or a mosque. All right? So, we're not mm-hmm. talking just Christians here. Right. Okay? Um, down more than 20 points from the turn of the century, there is a precipitous drop 
at the turn of the century. If you look back 80 years ago when they first started doing this, it was in the 70s. 70% of people either belonged to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. That number started slowly dropping, you know, right after God's kicked out of school. And then in 2000, since 2000, there's been a 20% drop. Mm-hmm. That's, that's significant. That's that kind huge. of speed is amazing. Um, and the reason why is primarily due to the rise of Americans with no religious preference. And this is something that is even occurring outside of the church. People are just choosing not to be associated. This could go down to rotary clubs. They're just they're, they're anything. Anything that has a membership where you are required to give of yourself, that's not popular today because the culture is all about me, 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 me. It's certainly true. Certainly true. Even in the workplace, I found this to be true. That it used to be, you know, that people would, uh, oh, I don't know, show up for interviews, <laughs> uh, be loyal to companies. Uh, I've heard you Jason know. complain about the interviews a couple times too. Yes, certainly. Work hard. Yes. I actually had a guy come in today while I was at work um, with the company that I buy smallers from saying that. It's not just the restaurant business that is suffering from people, from hiring people. It's every it's every industry out there. And it's, right. you can thank the government for that because they're handing out unemployment and other forms of, other welfare. Forms of welfare, like right. it's candy, because they want us to depend on them. And uh, it's so they have complete control. And it's completely wrong. Um yeah, I don't know why they didn't. Why they don't ask people? Do you want this check? They sent me a check. They've sent me a couple of them. I don't want them. I didn't need it. I, you know, in fact, this one here is going right back to them. <laughs> it is, but it's mainly because I owe some tax money this year. But <laughs> but it's going right back to them. I, I'm like, I'm not going to spend this. This is stupid. Yeah, it would go into savings anyway, and just waiting for tax season. But <laughs> yeah, and you give it to charity. She, you can actually. She needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot of purpose behind this. Um, if you're familiar with uh, um, some of the theories associated with uh, economics, there is a purpose behind the giving away of money. And much like you said, it creates dependency. But there's something more nefarious behind it. Oh, extremely maybe more that's, nefarious. Uh, it's, uh, it's called... Cloward and Piven. Yeah. Is, is the name of the strategy. I'll let you Google that on your own time. Well, basically, they want to bankrupt our banking system. And the nation. Yeah. And the nation. Yeah. So we can rely on a new form of fund, which would be a cashless society. They will control our income. They will control our, um, our spending. They'll know what we're buying, where we're buying it. They already know that, Jason. I know, but it's going to get worse (laughs) because we won't have cash. And um, everything will be cashless. And if you don't comply with their new laws and rules and regulations, they will turn you off. 
Well, that makes sense because, and again, that's uh, you know, because some of our listeners might be thinking, "Oh, that's just your opinion, Jason." Well, actually, that's kind of a biblical prophecy. It is and that is revelation prophecy. right there. Yep, we know that we are moving in the direction of a one-world government. Yep, and that's how it all, you know, how the end kind of comes about. Uh, that's part of the process, and so we know it's going to happen, and it just makes sense, and we see everything pointing in that direction. Yep, and you know, it's. You know, when we were younger, we used to think a oh, one-world currency. Like, what com- what country would ever allow their currency to be completely taken over? Right? The reality is, there may be no currency. Maybe like a digital form of currency. Exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> I think we should go back to the old days and just barter like sheep. I th- I agree. <laughs> you know, I'll give you one sheep for four <laughs> loaves of bread and a banana. <laughs> I, you know how many times I've actually, I've actually, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how many times I've done this. I've walked up to the counter and they're like, you know, that'll be $120. And I'll be like, uh, well, I don't have any money, but I do have a sheep in my cart. I would be happy to. Is that okay? Uh, you know, what's a sheep conversion rate here? Right. And, you know, of course, it always gets a chuckle. Yeah. And speaking of sheep, I have to take this rabbit trail. It just has to be done. Go. Before wife, you do that, before you do that, I just got to say that's really bad. Bad. <laughs> bad. Your wife, Jason, sent out the most hilarious oh, video this I morning. Know. I normally never get on these Facebook things. She she sends it in our church group me chat. And it's up. Did you see it, Nate? Is the, it the little sheep one? The sheep, yes. Yeah. There's poor sheep is now in this crack. It's a huge crack. I don't know what it was. If it was a man-made crack or a normal crack. I don't know. But it's it, the, 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 the crack is in the ground is not too much wider than the sheep. Right. And here's this guy pulling this sheep out by the back leg. I'm like, oh, that's got to hurt. He gets the sheep out. The sheep's like, yay, I'm free. And he runs. And he goes, what, like tw- not even 10, Tw- 20 feet. Yards. Yeah, he takes about and two hops. Bam, right back in. I'm thinking <laughs> that is the most hilarious thing in the world. That is right there. That's our our walk as Christians and, and how we deal with sin. You know, Christ will pull us right out of it. We get really excited. Bam, 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 right back in. There it. you go. Oh, wow. That's perfect. And I know that had nothing at all to do with anything, but I just had Yeah, it. and we kind of got Catherine. off. We kind of got off a little he, off topic of your news. Um, just well, not not necessarily. We're in we, the news. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. But the drop, the drop on people going to churches is significant. That's and correct. now we had the problem of people uh, boarding up churches, so we can't even go if we want to. That's very true. So COVID is playing a role in that, um, yeah. mostly uh, for particularly for people who are in the church but go as a spectator rather than as a participant. So if you're going to church for what you get out of it, you're probably shopping around your churches on on um, on Sunday based on whatever stream you're plugging into to probably find out what you can get from whatever new church you want to go to. Mm-hmm. The reality is we're supposed to go and serve. Right. Yeah. Certainly Zoom and you know and YouTube and all the ways that churches have gone. It's certainly they're not um, – it's certainly not a, a replacement for going to church. But you know what I found? I was just – I was Jason and I were talking about this earlier today. The fact that – now, this is just in my experience, but the people that I have talked to, an overwhelming majority who – are, uh, who have gone to church in the past were you know typical regular goers and then had the option to zoom what I'm finding is that they they went to zoom for a little bit it wasn't as good they stopped going altogether so now people that used to go to church that were you know quote unquote I'm using my air quotes again Jason uh believers you know Christians 
they're not even they don't even see fit to go or even to zoom in I'm, when you don't even have to leave your home right i'm very hesitant to come down harshly on fellow believers because i recognize the power of the media and the the fear driven agenda that they have they they've tried to make us all terrified and cower and completely dependent on what they tell us in order for them to get ratings and power mm-hmm. and the best way to do that is through fear and and uh, I'll hold that last thought to myself, but through fear. And by keeping people connected to that fear, they're constantly feeding it with new things. It just creates that same level of dependency that you get for if you go to the woods and you start handing out apples to every deer. They're going to start coming up to people and they're not going to have the sense of fear, right? Um, it's... Go ahead. I see who the enemy is. <laughs> I see who the enemy is, and I, I reserve all of my malice to the media for that because oh, they have sure. created this. Well, they are also being controlled by somebody who's controlling everything. Dun dun dun. Right, <laughs> it's true. And and you can here's the proof. You can look. Okay, something happens in the world, and you turn on the news, and you're watching a report. Guess what? If you turned on 50 different news stations that are all giving the same report practically word for word. It's it's even worse than that, Jason. If you, There are YouTube videos of people who have taken news yeah, I've seen them. Articles, That's where I'm like, getting that from. From uh, yeah. like different channel news, and they're all saying the exact same word words for word. at the same time, at the same pace, as, yeah. if, as if they're plugged into some sort of intelligence that's making the conversation for them. Yeah, it's called the deep state. <laughs> well, and just remember, the, you know, the enemy that we're talking about, I don't believe it's, you know, George Soros or whoever you, you, whoever you want to attribute it to, although I'm sure that there are certainly key players, obviously. Oh, for sure, uh, the and world. they all meet up at Davos every year. <laughs> But, you know, remember, we we forget this is a spiritual battle. We were warned that in the Bible. The Bible says this, you know, the the war is not between flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 12. And it is, yeah, absolutely. It has been going on for years and years, and we are getting near the end. And the enemy knows he's going to lose, but he is making one last ditch effort to take every person he can with him. It's mm-hmm. actually a fantastic military strategy that's been recognized in history. It's called scorched earth. Mm-hmm. Continue on. That's what it is. So a scorched earth is when you know you're losing, I'm going to take everybody out with me. Right. All right. That's when you 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 set the nuke off yourself in your own hand and it just blows up everybody for 50 square miles around you. Right. You technically won. Now you may not see the the results of your victory. Because you're dead. Exactly. But you've You've got your point across and all these people that are dead around you, you know, and that's kind of the, the strategy the enemy's using. Well, I'll be laughing at him from heaven. So sad news, sad news that oh. people aren't going, but I honestly think, uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of things are playing in COVID certainly has a lot of, but you know what I, I, I personally attribute it to is just, we just are, there's never been a more distracted society. I mean, you go back to biblical days, you know, okay, so what'd you do? You, you ate, you made money, you came home, you went to sleep. I mean, you know, you, you it had was to work. relational. You know, it, yeah. I mean, we go, to the, we go to the early book of Acts and what did they do? They met at the temple daily, okay? 
we we can't seem to i mean people today can't seem to get to church once a week on a consistent basis yeah and they were going daily i think there's just there's way too many ways of entertaining ourselves. There's way too many distractions, ways to spend our money, things to do with our time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and face it, there's way too many conveniences. So we are getting lazier and lazier Mm -hmm. with more and more things to do. Mm -hmm. And what is that going to do? It's going to cause us to stay home, not plug in, especially not go someplace where we're being asked to give of ourselves What's that about? Right. You know, the, well, the funny thing is the enemy loves to use what we want against us. What we think, right. what we Absolutely. think we love. Like, right. Have you ever seen the movie Wally? No. Okay. I forget that movie. It's I the robot I movie. Felt, I it's think the, I fell asleep. We watched the, it like, I think it was a church after Sunday morning. <laughs> we, I'm surprised you fell asleep watching this because I was tired. It's really, it's a lot out of me. It's the story it's of, a lot of where work. we're going as humanity <laughs> because <laughs> I was giving him a hard time and he didn't even get it. <laughs> Whatever. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Continue, Wally. So, Wally, uh, in the in the future, all these people are on ships because they've completely consumed the Earth out of all life. Okay, and now that they're in space, they have all these conveniences that make it so they don't even have to work anymore. The robots are doing it for them, so mm-hmm. they just become fat and lazy, and they don't even do the right thing because they're all self absorbed. And it's the story of like how they, they start making their way back to Earth, so to speak. Now but I've got to watch Wally. It's actually very <laughs> impressed, impressive. So I heard it was good. The uh, I think but that's, we actually own the movie. It's the sad part. <laughs> about it. <laughs> that but that's how the enemy works. He he wants to use what we think we want against us. And um, I, I got to tell you, if you look at this news article that I was I talked about earlier, the church membership decline is seen in all major subgroups. It's not just in one. Um, so what I, I would encourage each and every person out there, if if you're a believer in Christ and you have kids, if you are not making it a point to spend a little bit of time each day or at least several times a week, either connecting with the local church or teaching your kids Bible study directly, you're losing out. You're, 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 losing, you're, you're losing your kids to the culture. I agree. Um, and I, I'm speaking that from a little bit of the voice of experience. I should have done more of that when my kids were growing up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, the fact is, is that uh, culture has its hooks in these young kids. And if we don't teach them the right way, you know, we're going to lose them. And it's not just losing them in this life. You know, we got to realize the stakes are a lot higher than that. This is eternal life, which is a bigger deal. Yeah. I mean, they're not putting God first. That's, that's basically it. They're putting the things of this world first. The television shows, and guess what the things of this world are? It's Satan. It's his world. You want to know another uh, sad but scary fact as well? Even though uh, church participation and, and involvement has dropped below 50% for the first time, still 7 in 10 affiliate with some type of organized religion. Mm-hmm. That means 70% say that they belong to a certain faith, but less than 50% of people are actually acting on it. Wow. Right? That is, uh, I mean, that's eye-opening right there. I believe it, but I'm not going to live it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and the Bible says Satan believes. That's true. You got to be careful with that. Believing is not everything. That's why I don't use the word believer, you know, anymore. I used to use the word believer. I used to use the word Christian. I don't use those much anymore. At least you you notice I'm correcting myself. Uh, it, you know, this is a lot of 
a lot of years of using it that I've got to try to I, stop I know, doing. I know what word to use. Yeah. Uh, now it's Christ follower. There you go. You know, we can believe, but the enemy believes. We can say we're Christians and hold that banner, but what does that mean? You know, we are called to be Christ followers. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and what? Die. Follow. Follow. <laughs> we already did that. Die Pick to up self. your cross, die to self, and, and follow, follow him. Right? Follow him. So Christ followers. We can believe, but that doesn't make us a Christian. Um, there's something I wanted to add. Or Christ follower. Oh. I just realized I said Christian again. Sorry. Well, continue. Yeah. I mean, the pro- here's the problem. We are Christians, but most Christians are, are just a name, and like you said, and they're not being Christian. Right. Kind of Christian is to follow Christ. Christian, the name only, kinos. Right, kinos. <laughs> and uh, it's sad. I mean, if you're not going to follow Christ and, and live and grow fruit, don't bother to stop. Right. Because so Jesus for, said, you know, there's there's going to be those who come to him and say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, you know, get away from me. I never knew you. You were not obedient to the right. Father. And, uh, you know, it, it, and you're right. You might as well just eat, drink, be merry, and have a good time if you're not going to follow it. Because why suffer even a little through your life if you're not going to go to heaven and spend eternity with God, if you're still going to end up in hell? Mm-hmm. It would be pointless. You might as well have your fun here because... You got hell to look forward to. Yeah. Now. So before you go into the next segment. Or well, I'm not gonna, yet. Okay, but, okay. I was going to say, um, for those of you at home uh, or who might be listening to this too, if you're not exactly sure whether or not that, uh, if you're not sure that you're one of these these Christians in name only that, that Rick and Jason were just talking about, well, one book I would probably recommend it's, uh, that's extra biblical um, is Maximum Faith by George Barna. Ah, good stuff. Um, that's a great one. Will help you understand the walk with Christ, what it looks like over time, and uh, just how many people really reach that that next tier. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot there, but it has to do with brokenness, and that's that's one of the things you you want to lean into. And you're going to find that book's written a little strangely, a little different than the average book. And some have been put off a little bit because they're not used to it. I encourage you to to read that book anyway, and to just kind of plow your way through it because when you get through it, it all makes sense. But I, I read it; I thought it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and totally opened my eyes. So good recommendation. Yeah. Book of the week. Book <laughs> of the week. No, okay, sorry on that. This hey, is, that's a good one. This is going to end up being a two-hour show. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Jason's eight-hour podcast. <laughs> for the love of God, <laughs> this is uh, part eight of. Anyway, um, one thing I do like about all these churches being on Zoom—well, not Zoom, but YouTube—is see, I go to church every Sunday faithfully. And I also am able to, I, I watch probably three to six hours a week of sermons. You're like a Jesus junkie. Every week. I think DC Plus put it this way, Jesus freak. My yeah. Sunday. <laughs> and Sunday, I, I get here at 8.30 in the morning <laughs> and leave around 1.30. It's one to one thirty, mm-hmm. so I spend many hours at, at on Sunday at church, and then 
Sunday is pretty much my day with with Christ. I, I I'm here live at church, and then I go home and I watch a couple hours online of church, and read my Bible and get into prayer and three or four, maybe five hours through the week, I spend watching sermons online. So, And that's a very noble thing and a very good thing. And we all should, uh, you know, take heed and, and follow that example. Uh, however, I, I find that it's a double-edged sword for some people. You know, at, at, at one on one side of the sword, we have the fact that, you know, boy, we have information, that, you know, like we've never had it. I mean, we can now... We can now go to church, plug in, be a part of it, but we can also get teaching throughout the week, mm-hmm. YouTube free, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, we have no excuse for not knowing the truth and not living you know, in obedience because we've never been in an age where we've had so much of the truth. Right. There is nobody out there that can claim that they, if you genuinely have a desire to understand, every question has been asked. Mm-hmm. Every answer has been given. You can find it. it. There's there's nothing new under the sun, and if you if you are really searching, you'll find. And and Christ Himself even said that. Yeah, knock and you will or seek and you will seek find. And you find. Knock, knock and the, the door, door will be, be answered. Right. So it's one of those things where those who who are seeking they will find, but most are not seeking. And that's our job as Christians is we need to reach those who aren't seeking, and it's not easy. Absolutely. No, it's not. <laughs> Four ninety-two. <laughs> Are we sure? So it's Bible trivia time. Uh, I got a Bible trivia app. Oh no! Oh, this is going to be terrifying. Yeah, I. I, I and so I don't even know the questions until I. Oh know, well, I have no. Discernment. All right. Well, then you better not use the timeline because <laughs> it might take you forever to read a question. It, well, I I did this twice today. Uh huh. The first time I got six out of ten. The second time I got seven out of ten. I was pretty proud of myself. Well, good job, Jason. But it's also multiple choice. It's all that Bible study in church that you're going to. It's it, <laughs> yeah. It'll work, it'll rub off on you. See, I tell you. Yeah. See, I'm a quick study. I uh, <laughs> when I want to know something, I dive in deep. Right. You know, people used to say, you know, that isn't that just? Aren't you just getting brainwashed? And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, yeah, my brain does need washing. It's like right. you know, this world has made it a little bit right. dirty. It so needs yeah, to be deep cleansed for most of us. That's washing right. Forty eight years. Of the this the, the Bible's pure spiritual bleach. The devil. <laughs> It'll kill everything that's bad. Make it white again. So. As snow. <laughs> All right. So um, how, how do you want to play this? Well, the head-to-head thing has been working. All and right. I can only go through these questions once on this app. Okay. So I can't like go back through them. Okay. All right. So you want Knox? Is that what you want? Just first person to answer. Yeah, I'm not very fast. So. Remember, the Knox thing is confusing. So congratulations so. once again, Nate. You're, you're probably quicker than me. That's what you said last time in one. No, you right? know what I did? Well, I used the now I used the the, the button to my advantage. I, I'm that guy who hits the button regardless, even if he doesn't know the answer. Yeah, because he knows that that'll <laughs> slow you down just enough that I'll come up with the answer. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> these are these these come through multiple choice. 
Okay. Um, so you're not going to give us the choices, are you? No. Okay. That works. Boo. That works. Because that'll slow it down too much. <laughs> All right. All right. Roll. Here we go. What characteristic was Job known for? Suffering. Maybe I should give you the multiple choice. <laughs> I was thinking, like, well, that's interesting. Okay, right? multiple choice is necessary because who knows what direction they may be going, right? That's right, true. That's well, true. I would say endurance. And some of these, well. Is there endurance? No. Yeah. All right, starting over. <laughs> <laughs> what characteristics was Job known for? Love, kindness, patience, or mercy? Patience. That's, that's what I would go with. How many pieces of furniture were in the holy tabernacle? Oh. F- Not mentioned two, three, or one. I'm three. Gonna... One. Correct. Three. <laughs> that was a guess. According to Matthew 15, two, scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus and told him that the disciples transgressed the tradition of the elders. This is a long one. What did they refer to? Traveling to Sabbath, didn't wash their hands, eating weed on the Sabbath, or healing on the Sabbath. Washing healing hands. on the Sabbath. Washing hands. Hmm. Uh, didn't wash their hands. Didn't Correct. wash their hands. Yeah. What name did the prophet Nathan give to Solomon, David's son? What proper name? <laughs> what name did the prophet Nathan give to Solomon, David's son? Jediah? Shema? Lima, Jeremel. Jeremel. You know, I don't I'm know. I'm like a Jediah. Jediah? Correct. Yay! What shall we say then? Shall we continue blank that grace may be abound? Good works, righteousness, sin, the narrow way. Sin. Correct. There, There is the promises that the time will come when the wolf, also known, shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf shall eat, shall, and the calf and the young lion shall fallling together, and blank shall lead them. A child. Correct. Did Jesus drink wine? Yes. Hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was called a. It was uh, his first miracle. He was, well, no, that doesn't necessarily mean he drank it. The only way, reason, that, in fact, there's nowhere in scripture that says he drank other than the fact that the Pharisees accused him of being a glutton and a drunkard. So one could imply that he drank, but we don't know 100% sure. Well, it said yes. Yeah, but but I think the truth of that is that we don't 100%, we don't 100% know. know. Because the fact is he hung, he was accused a lot of who he hung out with. Right. Now, we know he didn't necessarily believe that, uh, or he didn't teach that alcohol was evil. Otherwise, why would you, you know? I always tell people, well, he didn't, you know, we don't see any evidence of him changing sand into cocaine, but well, he did change water <laughs> into wine. So he did say if, um, at the final supper when they're sharing the, they're sharing the, the meal. Oh, that is actually true. Yeah, he was that, drinking from the he cup. He was drinking. And he's like, here's my cup. He right? did say that. And right. he did drink. He did. Well. He probably drank at the wedding too, when he turned water into wine. He's like, I gotta try this. <laughs> you know, we we can. I guess I was just thinking. Does it really say he drank? It's he implied. Took the cup. It is implied. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it is implied. All right, you want to give us another one or two? Well, there's three remaining. What three does, remaining. What does the word of Joshua mean? Salvation, Jehovah saved, conqueror, deliverance. 
think conqueror. What is jo- jo- Joshua? Joshua, mean? Jehovah saved. Is it? Huh. How did the Good father point. respond when their prodigal son came home? Rejoiced with music, ran to him and kissed him. Ran. Yes. Oh with, no! All are correct. That red yeah. robe on him. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah so that, far. Was, that was I not fair. I didn't read that all the answers. Fair. You, you got to know all the. Yeah, there you go. Uh, where do the prophets describe that the Lord shall reign forever? Mount Carmel, Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, or Mount of Olives? Ooh. I didn't even listen to the. I'm sorry. I was thinking. What, what from? Was where do the prophets describe that the Lord shall reign forever? Mount Carmel, Mount Zion, Mount Z- Sinai, Mount Zion, or Mount of Olives? I'm Mount gonna Zion. say. I'm gonna say Sinai. Zion. Zion. Pastor Rick, you're Victor. Oh, well, that's, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next week, I just want you to know that uh, Jason, yes, uh, Nate and I are going to give the questions to you. Oh. We're going to come up with some. Okay. Okay. I'm kidding. kidding. You can. Ooh, that would be fun. I'm down. Okay. You can use my app. Okay. Or or maybe I'll just dig them up. Oh, you could just dig them up. (laughs) I did pretty good with this, but... Multiple choice helps. What's the name of the app you're using? Uh, Bible trivia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so very you direct. Can't, well, then you can't use it anymore because then we're just going to go study, and so that would be, that would be fair. <laughs> you, so I, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going. I'm not going to download. It. It I will not download. That I won't download. That's it wrong. It would oh. be yeah. Cause we could technically we could technically see. study. Could, so could, it, it's best that we don't. So right. I mean, how if many we, times do the same questions pop up? Oh, I don't know. Well, that that's true. I, it, those are just random. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, they're just random. I've done it three times now, and I never got the same question twice. Well, there you go. Probably a lot of them in there then. Oh, cool. I'm sure. Cool. Cool. It's a big book. All right. And okay, so um, what's next, Jason? Songs of the week. Woo! Mine is uh, by Chris Tomlin. It's called Good, Good Father. And that's a good, good song. It's a good, good song. <laughs> um, uh, one of our brothers posted a video of himself playing the acoustic guitar and singing this song. And uh, I kind of forgot about this song for a little bit. And it's such a great song because he is a good, good father. Uh, and the lyrics, a little piece, uh, oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you've, that you're pleased in that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. Um, because you are never alone. He's always there with you. Even if you aren't with him yet, he's there waiting and with you and loving you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to go retro. Since you got a fairly recent one, I'm going to go retro today. Uh, I went more current last week, but uh, this is a song that like fired me up and it's been kind of a theme song for me. Like, you know, when people, I've heard people like, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to start working out. And so I'm going to make me a, you know, a track to work out to. And it's always what? Eye of the Tiger. Every time. Eye of the Tiger. Well, this has been kind of my theme song, and it's by a one of the or one of the early, uh, maybe the original, I don't know, Christian hair bands from the eighties. Oh. Striper. Striper. And the song is "Soldiers Under Command." Good song. That song totally always. It number one. It it made me realize that 
there could be such a thing as Christian metal <laughs> back in those days. But more so, the lyrics just fire me up. So uh, basically give you a little, uh, you know, a little preview here. So we are soldiers under God's command. We hold his two-edged sword within our hands, which is the word of God, right? We're not ashamed to stand up for what's right. We win without sin. It's not by our might. And we're fighting all the sin. And the good book says we'll win. Soldiers, soldiers under command. Soldiers, soldiers fighting the Lord's battle plan. Pretty awesome, awesome. stuff yeah. right there. So if you're if you're into the 80s hair bands, or even if you're not, worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. Striper. Yeah, awesome. I remember when Striper came to the scene, I was a fan. And I didn't even know they were a Christian band yet. And I was like, oh, they're a Christian band? <laughs> and then, oh, they're black and gold. And um, and then they came out with a new record a few years later that was black and gray. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> what's going on here? Did, so, they, did they fall off the wagon or what? So I'm tempted to, to do the throwback and say, I want to do Norm Greenbaum and, and uh, Spirit in the Sky from the 70s, but I'm not going to go that route. <laughs> <laughs> That's way back. <laughs> Woo! Um, no, I'm actually going to stick with a relatively modern song. It's uh, called Control by 10th Avenue North. Um, ah, good tune. Uh, this is one that it, if it comes up on, on, uh, on Pandora, I'm hitting the repeat button a few times. Like oh. I'm, uh, it, it just sticks with me. Mm. So, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. And somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way that it should go. Mm. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's one of the, yeah, that's a very powerful song. It's very well done. Got a great video. There's a lyric video out there if you ever want to look at that. So, Noise. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. I never heard that. Noise. Um. I have heard the Striper song, though. but it's been 30 years, so really, I had to recheck it out. Oh, I'll tell you, the best like 12 or so minutes of my life was uh, here in Columbus watching Striper live. I was like literally about 20 feet from the stage. Um, it, the long and the short of it is I actually uh, got a chance to meet the band because um, our church, a little small church, I mean, we were at a little church plant in Canal Winchester. Uh, I'm not going to tell the long story, but basically we got connected up with with uh, the uh, the guitar player and the um, drummer's mom who used to be the band manager. In fact, in the Soldiers Under Command video, she's actually in it. And I actually got connected with her, and uh, we started chatting on Facebook, and we ended up, our church actually uh, helped them out financially uh, in order to do their last live tour. And we got to be a part of it. We helped the drummer, basically, and, and his family, and helped him to go on tour with them. And so uh, uh, we had... Uh, they basically wanted to meet us, so we got a chance to meet the band. And in fact, they even put my name in that CD, which is amazing. So if you buy that CD, that live CD, it actually says Pastor Rick and Cross Point Community Church, which is cool under the thanks. But um, why did I tell you that? I was starting to tell you, and I got rabbit trailed. Uh, hey, look, a squirrel. Probably because that's the band you were mentioning. Uh, yeah, but there was a reason. What did you Best say? Best 12 minutes of my life. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Anyway, so we're at the concert in the best 12 minutes of my life. They played Soldiers Under Command and To Hell with the Devil back to back. I thought I had crossed over into heaven. <laughs> 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 uh, 
it, I mean, you know, heavy metal fans, my goodness. It was just a tremendous 12 or so minutes. Nice. But yeah, good stuff. Nice. I also saw him back in the 80s, too, at the, uh, what is it, the, what's the place down there that's gone now? The Vets Memorial. Oh, okay, yeah. A group called Hurricane that I had never heard of open for them. They weren't even a Christian group, but uh, that was back in their old Bible-throwing days. They threw Bibles? They threw Bibles, yeah. Hmm. They still they still do, but it's not quite like they do. They uh, When they went out on stage, they would actually uh, throw Bibles out into the audience. That's cool. Which is pretty cool, yeah. I hope it didn't damage the Bibles. <laughs> I can't even write in mine. I see people in their Bibles and their full of notes. I'm like, how can you do that to your Bible? I, I can't bring myself to put a, anything on it. I don't want to mark it up. I don't want to bend the pages. I, I'm so protective. Um <laughs> But I get it. I mean, you got to make notes and highlights, and it's like, I don't know, man. Well, you know, just uh, make notes and highlight in your uh, online Bible and then save the other one. Yeah, See? true. You can take the notes right on your phone. If you look at my Bible, it looks like I'm a raving lunatic with all the notes I put on the I've margins and He's stuff right. like that. Yeah, and uh, um, Alicia has like these drawings and stuff in hers. Well, it's meant to be that way, though. It actually has things for you to color in it. It's, it's really? like a coloring Bible. I've never seen anything oh, like that. It yeah. Is. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on Zoom, so I didn't get a close up, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it encourages people to to be distracted during messages, so I'm not sure it's a good <laughs> idea. But <laughs> I don't know. Argue, you could argue that you're talking directly into the subconscious at that point. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I suppose it depends on when you. <laughs> do the coloring but well folks that comes to the end of our show i appreciate you sticking with us and listen this might have been our best show yet so we are hitting our stride and if you're a new listener hit that subscribe button um so you don't miss an episode they're only going to get better and and if you don't guido's coming to <laughs> see you and yes guido's coming and, God, <laughs> and, and god's watching so Oh, not oh, that card. No. Oh. <laughs> you and had to go there. He told you, me to do the show. <laughs> so he wants to listen. Um, all right. So thank you so much. Um, go to for the love of God. Uh, for the love of, <clears throat> go to for the love of God podcast.com and show your support. Um, also hit the blue button, the blue microphone, and you can ask us a question. You can suggest a would you rather scenario, a Bible question for the trivia, anything. We'd like to hear you know, from you. We, we kind of like to hear your answers to some of these would you rather questions too. You know? Yes. Oh, yeah. So yes. Feel free to sure. hit that button and tell us what you think. That sounds great. Please participate. We uh, encourage it and hope you do. And with that. Now we're on Facebook too, right? We are. You can join our Facebook group. I have a group and a page. So I don't know what the page is for. Is there a link for, to that on, on, on the web page? There is. Okay. Go to the website and click the Facebook icon. It takes you straight to our group and you can ask questions there as well and contribute and talk and get a conversation going. And by the way, if you have extra buttons, send them to Jason because he's some buttons short. <laughs> we have a button deficiency. I don't know what that means, but if you have buttons, please send them to uh, Jason. Vitamin B. <laughs> send me your buttons. So I'm I'm curious. Have we had any new uh, reviews or any uh, or any messages left so far? Actually, we have, folks. If you didn't know, our show. Ooh, now there needs to be review music. 
<laughs> Our show was reviewed by a, a guy who has a podcast that reviews podcasts. And I have listened to every review he's done, and I must say that we are on the top of the list. Um, we had a great score, a great review, and a, he left a review on on here. Oh my gosh, we got another review. I haven't seen this one yet. So you're saying that he typically doesn't give high scores is what you're saying. Is that what I'm to understand? Uh, wait a minute. I am on the wrong page. page. I'm on the wrong web. I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I went to his. Jason has left the building. Okay, so here's his review. Uh, pleasantly surprised. Not your mother's Christian podcast. I was actually expecting a very typical, very dry show, and Jason proved that expectation completely wrong. Woohoo! I reviewed this show on my podcast, Just One Listen, and really had a look and really had little advice because the show is so well done. Nicely done, Jason. So that was that's awesome. This guy has been doing podcasts for 15 years. He is a veteran in this world. And the fact that that we're on the right path um, as a new show. I'm very proud of us. Awesome. So spread the word. Spread the word. Don't be selfish. Share, share, share. And with that, good night, Rick. Good night, Jason. Good night, Nate. Good night, Jason. Good night, everybody. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>